This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. It's time for the Volunteering South Hotspot. This time every Friday we take a look at the power of volunteering in our communities, talking to local organisations who rely on volunteers to do the great work that they do. And joining us this morning for a bit of a catch-up, Anna Leslie from Citizens Advice Bureau Dunedin. Morena, lovely to have you with us, Anna. Thanks for coming in. Morena, Jeff. Look, for those who um, perhaps haven't accessed Citizens Advice Bureau services themselves, they might assume they know what it's all about, but how do you describe uh, essentially what Citizens Advice is here to do? Okay, well I suppose the, 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 the bigger aims of the whole organisation is to ensure that individuals don't suffer because they're ignorant of their rights or responsibilities or, you know, or ignorant of the services available or they have an inability to express their needs effectively, I guess. We also have a big part in um, being a responsible influence on the development of social policies and services, you know, locally and nationally. But on the ground, that's more like... Um, so we provide free, confidential, independent information and advice to anyone in the community about anything. So it means we have no limit on the time we can spend with people. We have no criteria people have to meet to use our services, you know. We, and we're a safe and easy entry point, I guess, for people in the community to access someone who can help. And we always have the time, we can listen, and because we're independent, we can be trusted. And we we like, um, to th- you know, that we're responsible to the whole person um, working to underlying, you know, work, working to figure out the underlying causes of the issues that they're facing. Yeah. Earlier in the morning, we spoke with Peter Keisha from the Dunedin Multi-Ethnic Council, and... Um you know, part of that discussion was around recognising that there are newer arrivals to Aotearoa Dunedin mm-hmm. who don't necessarily uh, know how to navigate the various systems and, and migrant connect and the connect and the responsibilities that citizens advice have now. That's a big part of the role now, right? Yeah. So um, we we run free um, information sessions which come under the banner of Migrant Connect, um, and we try to. So I'm part of the Dunedin Refugee Steering Group and the Dunedin Migrant Sector Partnership. So from the discussions within there and from what we're seeing in our own trends um, and the issues that group is coming to us with, we we try to target those um, information sessions based on what we're seeing. Um, and But we also um, hold all the immigration booklets, forms, um, we can help people fill in forms because we're actually exempt from being licensed immigration advisors. So, um, yeah, we have a lot of walk in, and from that community, especially the new arrivals that really need help with all those immigration forms. And So whether it be for, for new arrivals, but really for anyone who, mm-hmm. who comes to you, your, part of your role is directing people in the right place to the right places for information and service. Well... Yes, if if they need, but for, foremost, we, we want to be able to help them ourselves. Obviously, that's a part of it, if that service... But, you know, often they're just coming... Often we can solve them with things, like it'll be employment issues, so we're quite familiar with employment law. Uh, it's a lot of tenancy stuff, um, you know, fencing, neighbours. So a lot of that stuff we don't really need to put them out to another organisation, but yes... Um, if someone needs a more wraparound service, um, you know, we might send them off to um, Presbyterian Support Services who have social workers and, you know, can can be a more holistic, full social worker for them. Um, or, you know, like if they have a disability thing, we'll send them to Living Well, the new, you know, the new name for 
Disability Information Services. Yeah. Um, so you've got access to uh, basically a, a large reservoir of information mm-hmm. and experience over yeah. the years, haven't you? So uh, we have a... Um, a really comprehensive database of information which people can access, the public can access that, but we have an intranet part, but yeah, really well organised, really well um, set up that, that database. Um, it also has a community directory on it, you know, sort of for local, so we can look up any local um, organisations or services on there, but also um, we do a lot of training. Our volunteers do, you know, they have an induction when they first come along, where they do observations on with a experienced interviewer, um, they have to do a whole lot of uh, like six training sessions. Then they go on to probation. So until they've done that induction and they're ready, they they then sit with a with a um, experienced interviewer on session. And then there's a whole lot of training they have to do in that probation period too, which. Um, yeah, well, let's talk a little bit more about the volunteers because they're they're an essential part of mm-hmm. the service, aren't they, very much? And, of course, no one would expect that anyone stepping up as a volunteer for citizens' advice would have all of the answers all ready no. to go. Uh, so so your training is around, you know, how the citizens' advice systems work, access to information. But I, yep. guess, I guess as importantly, it's those people skills, right? It's being able to be... Um, to have open ears, to be able to listen, mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. to actually define what it is mm-hmm. that people are are actually searching for in terms of information. So tell us a little bit more about that onboarding process for anyone who might be interested in volunteering with citizens citizens advice. Yeah. So um, they, if they're interested, first and foremost, they can they can ring and ask to speak to me or email us at dineen.cab.org.nz. I, I usually send a role description first, which is quite you know quite comprehensive about what the role entails, and an application form, and then we'd go through the, ring the referees, come in for an interview. So once they're on, once we decide that they are a good fit, you know, because we do, yeah, you know, you've got to get the right people. Um, so the induction covers things like um, the introduction to the Citizens Advice Bureau, establishing rapport, being, you know, um, identifying client needs, all those things that you were just saying, researching and providing options, offering clients assistance, and, um, and then there's a training session on recording the inquiry, um, which is always anonymous and completely confidential, but that's for our statistics, so we can see trends and we can... Um, you know, look at what's happening in the community, um, and then they do a, 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 a sort of a more practical one, which is practicing and preparation for being on shift. Yeah, but talk a little bit more about that. When, um, what kind of commitment is usually required from someone who's uh, volunteering with you? Okay, so the majority the, the majority do one set shift a week, usually three hours. There's a couple of late afternoon ones, three to five, that are two hours, but mostly they're all three hour shifts. Um, they also so that's just answering the phones or or having you know dealing with the face to face walk ins um, but volunteers can also help out on the l and d team um, the settlement team um, a couple of our volunteers talk to the new arrivals actually when they come uh, in conjunction with Red Cross. We do the ORFM your connecting cultures show, which is settlement with cab um, yeah uh, so that's sort of the things that Three hours a week doesn't sound like a terribly onerous responsibility, but that no. requires on you having sufficient numbers, of course, right. to be able to cover your mm-hmm. shift. How are you doing for numbers at the moment? Yeah, yeah, actually, we're always really good. We actually always, 
we've got a, a little bit of a waiting list at the moment, just a couple of people. We actually have enough people, but um, because we have about 22% of our volunteers are students, so that which is which is fantastic. They're really awesome, and they learn so much as well. Interviewing skills, particularly, they all say. Um, you know, the semester two timetable changes, and then the rosters all has to change. So, and then at the end of the year, there some go move on to paid work, or they might go away for summer. Um, so, yeah, but but at the moment we're actually really good. We've got um, a good range of people too. You know, that sort of represent society, I guess. Yeah, other ethnicities and. So, you're, it's important for you that your organisation reflects the diversity of the community. Absolutely. Yep. Mm. Yep. About twenty-seven percent of our volunteers are migrants. Yeah, and it might be that they are especially aware of the value of an organisation such as this, having perhaps had some experience of yep. of needing access to information, help and support on mm. in their own experience of, uh, of of living in a new place. Absolutely. Well, it's great to hear you've got good numbers, but I guess it's always nice to have more, and if people are interested, they mm. can get in touch with you. We'll talk a little bit more about, about that in a moment. Um I'm interested. How, you know, what's the ratio of sort of phone-ins to, to walk-ins these days? Um, it's around eighty percent phone. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe the, the, we we have a really small percentage, about two or three percent, that have do online inquiries through the website, and then the rest are the walk-ins, seventeen, eighteen percent. Interesting time, isn't it, when we see banking services and so forth, yeah. um, you know, diminishing in terms of face-to-face contact. Mm-hmm. Some people still really need and value that. Yeah, those walk-ins are usually the most vulnerable people too. Mm. We find um, that, that might and might be digitally, digitally excluded. You know, so they they have to they come in because they really want that face to face they want to be showing something if it's on the computer that you know so often the face the the phone ones we can talk through a website with them at the same time and direct them to to the information or you know but the walk-ins need to be shown there and and to have it interpreted for them mm. there's a couple of things um I just wanted to share about some new things that are, um that there's a really good because we get a lot of um inquiries um around tenants tenancy so cab new zealand has been involved with the tenancy Ag- advocacy group setting up this new um, website called ara tohu a r a t o h u which is really awesome for anything to do with tenancy and i just want to share that with everything it's gone public now and it's it's really user friendly so it's, it's a great website do you want me to tell you what it is yes a- it's https colon forward slash forward slash tenant dot a r a t o h u Dot nz and the other a new thing um, we have we it's this it's called language support volunteers so it's in a trial phase at the moment with 20 cabs in Auckland and um, Wellington where volunteers can say that they speak another language and so say we get a call with someone who needs to speak to someone in their first language um, and we look on the we can look down and see who's on shift at the moment that speaks this language and we can connect them up. Brilliant. So that's going to go nationwide soon. So, so your volunteers need to be able to also access a, a, a national uh, database of information. And so, well, forth, that's or? really just a list. We just click on this link, and it just shows all the people on shift around the country. Yeah, um, but once they get online, they've then got to take that inquiry through, and it might not be from someone in their region, right? It could be someone somewhere else. Oh, true. I yeah. see what you mean. So our volunteers can say they want to be part of that if they speak another language, and yes, they may get a call from somewhere else. But that happen- if someone phones in through the 0800 number, you pick what region, and we're sort of lower South Island, so Christchurch down. 
So we may we often we sometimes get Christchurch calls um, or Invercargill calls or as well. Because if we're if they're all on the phone, it'll come to us, yeah. and the same if we're all on the phone, it will go to them. I imagine no two days are the same. No, it's 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 so bizarre. You'd think there might be patterns over over a week or over a month or whatever, or over days even. Um, Monday morning is often really busy, actually, but um, yeah, some days just quiet, and then other days it's just really busy and. Just finally, uh, you know, what do your volunteers tell you about why they're doing it, why they enjoy it? Mostly they say they just want to give back, I guess. Um, they like helping other people. You know, they, you've got to have a real sort of non-judgmental and empathetic sort of way about you, I guess. And you just, you're looking out for the people that need a wee bit. You know, it's just there's something about just actually really helping someone. And, and, and they walk out feeling so relieved and so ready to take that next step, you know, because we've sort of put them in the right direction or we've, you know, we might have got them prepared to go and see the next service but they at least go there having some understanding of what's happening or like a consumer issue if someone's bought something and they just don't know what their rights are that consumer guarantees act is a really strong piece of legislation and just talking to them and saying you know these are your rights and then getting them prepared to go then to the to back to the retailer um informed and empowered to actually and confident i guess to well it's an amazing service powered by volunteers uh, and uh, I'm sure uh, those of us who have uh, accessed their services know just how critical it is. Um, where do we find Citizens Advice Bureau? Yeah, so um, so we can be accessed Kanohi Kite Kanohi face to face on the ground floor at Rogers House, which is 155 Princes Street, just at the top of Dowling Street, um, or via phone 4716166, or the 0800 number is. 0800-367-222 and our website is www.cab.org.nz and you can also um, email us through that, the online inquiries on the website. Lots yeah. of ways to get in touch. Mm-hmm. And oh, Leslie, yes. Also, sorry, we've got a Facebook page too that I just thought I want to try to get more people to, to like and follow oh, yeah, our Facebook page. Oh, yeah, hop on board and like it. You do yeah, that. and share, it with, share our posts with your friends, yep. Good stuff. And Leslie, thanks so much for taking some time to join us for our Volunteer South Hotspot here on ORFM. Yeah, kia ora for having us on this morning. Um, Kapai tora. Have a good day. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.